welcome to the For We Are Money podcast. My name is Rob. And my name is Trisha. And yeah. uh, we will be your host and comrades. Hosting <laughs> and comrading this evening. <laughs> that was probably the cheesiest shit that I could have said, and that's why I said it. I know, right? <laughs> <clears throat> It's funny with the audio going bloopity bloop, and it's like we're both kind of saying it at the same time, like oh oh oh, we both got that. <laughs> right. Oh goodness. Uh, if everybody could take a moment to, you know, like the video, share it, uh, you know, maybe leave a comment. Uh, all these things are gonna boost us in the algorithm. Um. What the hell? My goodness, my apologies. My Facebook. audio is, is so bad here. It's bumped me down onto 4G. That's okay. Facebook, the app keeps force closing on my phone, so that's cool. Oh, lovely. Is it yeah, still streaming? I was trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, the, it's my phone. It's not. Okay. I was just trying to, you know, do the sharing and liking that I was encouraging everybody else to do. Right. Hi, James. How's it going, James? Glad to see you. Uh, it's so much pain in the ass to do it one at a time on the desktop. I cannot do that and stay focused. That's okay. So we have a few things that uh, that we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, I guess, you know, to uh, start off with the more local ones, we have uh, some, some unionization pushes, uh, yeah. big ones. Starbucks and Amazon both are just blowing up. Um we're going to share the links to, to those websites uh, in the comments when we get to that. And uh, the CEO of Starbucks is butthurt about it. So, you know, he's being public about it. I think Emily's watching the stream out there. I heard my voice. Nice. <laughs> Echoing back to yourself there. Hi, Emily. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, she uh, is helping us compile talking points. Well, like organize them. Love it. Hell yeah. Um, I'm scrolling through what all we've put in teams this week for uh, this show because there was a whole lot of stuff between the fire um, going on, raging like all the way through Arizona and into New Mexico fires multiples well yeah i was gonna say it's not just a fire um so i want to ask uh i i got off topic but before i that's the first thing i want to dive into because it's happening right now and it's a pretty big fucking area and i mean we have like 25 mile an hour sustained winds like all day here right now um Uh and it's not the first day of that uh, but I, I wanted to circle back to our intro because I, I didn't get to it. But um, 
if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, uh, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Um, we are really gearing back up to do what we used to do for our patrons and a whole lot more. Uh, we're going to be doing AMAs. Basically, you know, you you guys can ask us whatever you want about basically whatever you want. Um, and, you know, that could be a really fun way to spark up some conversations. We're going to be bringing back the movie watch along. Um, we're probably yeah. going to be putting a, a poll up um, tomorrow running until May 1st to pick a movie. And then, of course, you know, we'll schedule a date and um, let you all know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, so the fires, let's. Well, before that, I want to add to it that we're also working on building out a discord for our patrons, you know, so that we have that. You know. Shout out to Wade for that idea. We've been slow yeah. to implement it, but we yeah. wouldn't even be talking about it if it wasn't for him. Right. Hell yeah. Mad props, Wade. Uh, so yeah, I guess let's start with the, do you remember the name of the first fire? I know the big one is the tunnel fire. That's just north of Flagstaff, but there was another one that was completely uncontrolled. That was just south of Pratt. I am searching for right now. I had the update. I got uh, an update here about the tunnel fire though. Um, there's yeah, been hundreds of homes, uh, northeast of Flagstaff that have been evacuated as a fast moving wildfire. And when we say fast moving, it was like 500 acres on Sunday. Maybe it was on Saturday by Wednesday. It was almost 20,000 acres. So like, yeah, it's over 21,000 now. Like, holy shit. Yeah, these winds are not it. helping. They're yeah, yeah. I just pulled yeah. the article up, and it, it was updated this morning um, at twenty one thousand plus acres, twenty five buildings destroyed so far. Um, yeah, that is. They've only got about three. Well, that's better than it was. At least today, up there. Uh, the wind has died down enough that they can get air support on it. Like it, uh, it was so, it was so bad the last two days that all of the 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 choppers and the plane were grounded. Uh, the the Coconino County Sheriff's Office said that approximately 109 properties have been impacted by the fire. Doesn't go into too much depth right there as far as damage, but uh, there's 24 of those properties have outbuildings destroyed. Um, there is a video in this. Yeah, actually, I, I was just going to say I have a fire, uh, a, a news story video that is covering both of them, but go ahead and do yours. Um, I'm trying to find one about the Crooks fire that's not behind a paywall. Thanks a lot, Arizona. Right. All right. Give me just a second to share this tab. And bam. There we go. Uh, 
Oh, why? Oh, geez. Now it's playing commercials. And my McAfee is trying to pause the fucking video. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. <coughs> I'll unmute it when this commercial is playing. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Right. <laughs> Okay. And the city of Tempe officially picking a side in the showdown between a local music venue and a retirement community. I'm hearing two videos playing and I only have one playing. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I wonder if it's just the echo is that bad. Try muting your mic and playing. Okay. Venton Blandin with the latest chapter in this helping now lingering fire at a battery storage facility in Chandler. Fire investigators sending in the robots as nearby businesses were evacuated. ABC 15's Christine Stanwood reporting tonight near 56th Street and Pecos. What? We okay. left when the big wall of fire came. Yeah, we spoke to a couple and they're actually among one of the very few who say that damage around their home was very minimal. Their neighbors experiencing the same thing, though, they say as they were driving. All new from the ABC 15 investigators, mounting medical bills, sick leave from work and denials from doctors, plus the threat of losing their jobs. Yeah, real consequences for some people. They I don't know why that's bouncing between videos. I don't know why it's bouncing between videos and not just playing the one that I hit play on. Right. Uh, I was wondering uh, (coughs) what the hell was going, but I I have a video pulled up. Okay. See if yours will do better at actually uh, just playing the one instead of having video ADD. NBC 12 News, we do not own this content. It is for educational purposes. I'm Emily Pritchard. Nearly 400 firefighters now working to contain this fire, but they are facing challenging conditions, including high winds. Yeah, more than 100 properties have been impacted, including 30 homes that have now been burned. Want to get right out to Team 12's Bianca Bono, live near that fire now with the very latest. Bianca, what can you tell us? Yeah, guys, good morning to you. Right now we're live on Highway 89 in Campbell, which is essentially the furthest that you could go on Highway 89 right now. This is where the road has been closed for the past few days, but we want to show you what has changed overnight. Last night at 10 p.m., we were live in this exact same location, and this was not the case. Crews here tell us around 2 o'clock this morning, these flames and this smoke that you're seeing popped up in these eastern-facing hills west of Highway 89. Now, I want to note the neighborhoods near where we are were evacuated earlier this week. Out the night, though, some officials were driving through these neighborhoods, reminding those who chose to stay behind of the evacuation orders. But a public information officer tells me this morning this particular part of the tunnel fire 
is not a huge concern right now. They believe it's staying within those hills that you're looking at, but obviously just an indication in real time of how quickly things can change with this fire, especially due to these high winds that we are already seeing this morning. Yesterday, crews really focused much of their attention on this southern heel of the fire on both the west side of it near us, keeping an eye on those communities that were really threatened earlier this week. And then over on the east side of the fire near Schultz Pass, I'm told preventing the flames from creeping up into the San Francisco peaks is critical because if that were to happen, it would require significantly more resources than we're seeing right now. Now, regarding the direction of this fire, it is still moving northeast due to these wind patterns that we're seeing. However, they are keeping an eye on the winds tomorrow and Sunday because I'm told there's a chance those winds could potentially shift direction. So really all eyes are on today, tomorrow and Sunday. For now, we're live in Flagstaff, Bianca Bono, 12 News. So I didn't mean to close that tab, but that's okay. Uh, 21,000 acres is, is ridiculous. It was like 500 acres on Sunday. Right. And I mean, but it has been so windy out, yeah. pushing those fires further. What you blows know, my mind so about dry right, like, right, right. But what blows my mind really about that one, okay, is that, yeah, it's dry, but there is still like standing snow on the ground up there. Like uh -huh. some of the first, it's, some of the first pictures that were coming out of it, exactly. Some of the first pictures that were coming out of it, you know, there's still like a solid few inches of snow on the ground, very clearly, and it's just steaming and everything's burning. It's fucking crazy. Like, and that's not. That's not the only. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, yeah, California like regularly has wildfires. I mean, even down here, there's regularly wildfires. This is just fucking enormous to the point of overwhelming because of how quickly yeah, it's Yeah, and, and I mean, we've, here in Arizona, we've been getting these types of fires, massive fires over and over and over. And then the thing is, is these areas that are burning, these giant areas that are burning, when the monsoons come, if those areas get rained on, it's just a mudslide. Yeah. Yeah, because everything's burnt where there's there's no room left for the plants to actually hold the dirt together. Come on in, bud. All right. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rev. My dog wanted Hi, Rev. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love revolution. Emily yeah, tried to open the door, but <laughs> oh yeah, dude. But like he he wanted out, but then he laid in front of the door, and Emily tried to open the door when he pawed at it, but he's laying in front of the door. Because <laughs> he's a dork. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, like the whole Southwest, um, and, and I mean last year the Northwest was on fire. British Columbia had 121 degrees. Which is fucking insane. That day, it was like 114 here in Phoenix. Right. 
It should have been 70 degrees there. But climate change isn't real, Rob. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so that's that's ultimately why we're talking about these because it's it's barely the beginning of fire season mm -hmm. here in California in uh, or uh, Oregon and Washington um, and in New Mexico and Texas now. Not only are the fires themselves getting bigger, but the area that they're spreading across is getting bigger. Yeah. Yep, James. Agreed. And everyone right. idiots who set off fireworks in dry woods too. Can't forget that one. Well, yeah, where I mean, here it gets so dry, like, I mean, people will be off-roading and, like, they'll pull off the trail into the brush to, like, let somebody pass and their muffler is hot enough to spark it. That's how dry it is. Right. Hi, Natalie. Insane. Nice to see you. Hi, Natalie. Um, I guess to keep it local... Well, not local because this isn't uh, Arizona specifically, but it's still U.S. Um, there was a man named William Hillard, 51 years old, in Wilder, Vermont, right? And he has been charged after his white power rifle, and uh, which, by the way, has the Azov Battalion logo on it. So, you know, uh, just What's wanted to point that out. Right. Uh, he had skulls on it. He had various Nazi imagery. Um, I actually have the article open. I can put up a picture yeah. and show you guys. Share that. Yeah. That rifle was a fucking trip. It's like, gee, we can already see what he plans on using that for. You know, the, the fucking skull... Which I'm not saying shit about skulls. I'm a metalhead. I have a lot of, you know, albums with skull imagery, whatever. The skull by itself isn't the problematic part, right? White Power, the uh, the the Azov Battalion logo. I forget what this is called, but it's like the sun. It's oh, yeah, that uh, Golden Sun, I think it is, or Black Sun. I forget. It, it's a Nazi symbol. I, I, yeah, it, yep, yep. As well as the SS bolts and yet another uh, modification of the swastika. Yep. Like, I mean, fuck, dude. This, this is enough, exactly why people like us say that gun rights are minority rights because that guy is a threat straight up you should be able to defend yourself from that threat right the second amendment does not have an asterisk fine print for wealthy white people only it covers Jay, everybody actually to circle back to that um a little just just for a quick minute here uh you know to try to stay on timing here but um you, you it's funny you should bring up the river because a lot of our river comes from the colorado also a lot of our water comes from the salt river which used to run all the way to the colorado 
right? And no longer does. It no doesn't even does. make it across the Phoenix Valley anymore. Um, the issue is that we built this giant, massive metropolitan center. Two of them, actually, because Tucson and Phoenix. Um, in the middle of the desert with very limited groundwater. Um, and we decided the best things to do with it was farm it, which makes sense. Don't get me wrong. We can grow a lot of food here in the winter. Right. So that, but, that, I mean, that I understand, but golf courses that. and, and, and palm trees that don't belong it, here that take a hell of a lot of water because they come from the tropics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, idiots wanted to make this place look like a tropical oasis and put palm trees everywhere that don't fucking belong here and have to waste a shit ton of water to keep them alive. It's frustrating. And the first thing that we're cutting down on is agriculture, not golf courses, not, hey, take short showers and don't water your lawn, you know. And uh, I mean, like not to mention, not to mention how much, uh, you know, less it rains. I mean, it's the desert. It's not supposed to rain a hell of a lot, but I mean, you know, we should be getting like seven inches a year, not three. Right. And also the, the use of massive amounts of concrete, um, as well as removing a lot of the indigenous trees that are supposed to grow here that would provide shade has made the average temps here go up so fucking much that it's unreal. Um, weren't you telling me last year that the average temps in the summer here used to be like in the 90s? Now yeah, it's high, high 90s when it was settled in the early 1900s, the average temps here were high 90s in the summer. Yep. Now it's... Year before last, we had over 100 days in a row where it was over 100 degrees. Yeah. Bad. And that's going to start again in a few weeks. Oh, it's almost there. Which is uh, also funny because I'm kind of thankful for this wind today, right? Because uh, yesterday it was 97 degrees and windy and it was like a hair dryer, but the wind hasn't slowed yeah. down. So it dropped like 30 degrees overnight. <laughs> And now it's like right. 75 degrees instead of 95. Right. It's at least comfortable out today. But God, yesterday sucked. It was sweltering. Even just sitting outside for a few minutes, uh, my skin got super hot. The dog's fur got super hot. It's like, all right, back inside for a drink of water. Um, yeah, the breeze wasn't even helping. It's like you said, felt like a hot blow dryer. Yeah. Anyway, back on to the, the second subject, because we circled back, but right. how can you look at that alone, right, knowing nothing about the man? Except that he's and, clearly and like, a fucking Nazi. Right. How can you look at that and be like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's lacking context or something. I'm just making that up. But like, you know, know. that there's going to be people on the Internet that are fucking defending this guy. Right. And it's like, and I just no want to be clear that it's that obvious. If there's people on the Internet defending that guy, 
they are probably Nazis as well. Yep. Nazi apologists might as well be Nazis themselves. That's the thing. Like, there's all the context needed is lended in the stickers he's got on the fucking thing. You can see clearly what his intentions were with that rifle. Hey, Scott. Well, and he also openly spoke about killing black people and killing Democrats. And they probably, like, called them the communist Democrats or something like that. Which is fucking funny because none of them are. If they were, they wouldn't be pushing for reformist bullshit and catering to billionaires still. Trying to become billionaires still. Democrats are not cowboys. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office charged him on Thursday uh, with illegally possessing an explosive device, a pipe bomb, namely, and a firearm. Uh, the federal complaint followed a raid of the house on Wednesday by local, state, and federal authorities during which they found this white power rifle. Right. And he's a felon. He was convicted in New Hampshire in 97 for possessing an explosive device. So he's not he even said, Yeah, and he said that he amassed the weaponry to protect himself from the Antifas. It just says, quote, Antifa, but you know that he said the Antifas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like maybe if you weren't such a fucking fascist and a racist piece of shit, you wouldn't have to worry about, I don't know, getting punched by an anti fascist. You don't yeah. need a gun to handle getting punched either, pussy. But but check this out. To protect himself from the Antifas or, quote, other Democrat-affiliated extremist groups. Antifa, they're, they're, they're not Democrats. Oh, my God. Democrats well, are fascists, too. <laughs> in anticipation of societal unrest. And we probably will touch on this at some point uh, because we will be talking on a global scale about food prices. And I don't think that it's a bad thing to be prepared for societal unrest, but you're going to want food more than you want bullets. I'm just going to guarantee that. Right. Also, <laughs> just saying you can always get one of those little kits for making your own bullets. They're not difficult to use. Yeah, but that means I got to buy brass rounds for my AK to reload. I, I know. I know. We've yeah. had that convo. You don't want to. But you do what you got to do if there's a shortage, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But, uh, I mean, that being said, imported Russian ammo is still going for like 43 cents a round. So, I mean, mm -hmm. for the moment, we're good. Right. There's plenty of people who planned ahead and uh, got their licenses renewed in time, so they're still importing it. They knew what was coming. Um, so. God, that yeah. sign is distracting. Anyway, uh, he disputed the allegations that he had made threats to anyone, but was willing to undergo a mental health assessment. Wow. Uh, anyway, but he owned Nazi paraphernalia. He spoke about killing black people and Democrats. Um, the, a special agent got an explosive device from him earlier that month and, and 
reported that Hillard had made threats about overthrowing the government and killing his neighbors. Um, my, my criticism of that is that he, instead of killing his neighbors, he should unite with his neighbors and overthrow the government together. Right. right. He's, he's worried about the wrong shit, but that also goes back to being so fucking stupid to be racist when it's like, Oh my God. Um, so, wow. so this, this blows my mind, right? His mother said she did not know he was still making bombs but that he did have an interest in Nazi history. I'd say it's more than an interest. Yeah. Uh, he also confronted neighbors who he thought were Democrats, and this upset his mother. Ah! The ignorance and insecurities, that hole just keeps getting so, deeper, like, deeper with this dude. <laughs> you know this guy listens to Alex Jones. You know he's screaming at the communist Democrats about turning the fucking frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that. And yeah, Scott, you're right again. Most Americans do not know the difference between left and liberal. <laughs> but, I am going to put this up for everyone to see. It upsets me that he thinks I'm a Democrat. <laughs> right. Right. Like, don't uh, use such slurs towards us, damn it. Not fucking Democrats. Or, you know, like when they're all, let's go, Brandon, I bet you're triggered. <laughs> and you're just like, I hate Joe Biden more than you. Right. <laughs> and I'm, an, I'm enough of an adult to just say, fuck Joe Biden. Dude, there's so many people out here at this campground with let's go, Brandon flags. And I'm like... <laughs> You are a fucking petulant <laughs> child. <laughs> oh my god. All it's right, ridiculous. so what do we got next? I don't want to go into the global thing yet, the uh the the food protests yet. I know that's not all we have for US. Hold on, I'm scrolling through this show. Yeah, I'm scrolling to just see let's see that one's global. Maybe that is all we have. Oh, yeah, the union shit. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. That. God. Um, okay, so first things first, I am going to drop the link uh, to the Starbucks, Starbucks Workers Union, and then I'm going to drop the link to the Amazon Labor Union because for the purposes of reporting on these unionization activities, we are getting it straight from the union. There's yes. no other way to do it. Um, well, actually, Emily is working on notes right now for See Starbucks. That. Just so you know, we could save this for the end of the stream, to be honest, because we can. I mean, I really want to plug it like hard. Okay, let's do that. We will have more to say once Emily's done mm -hmm. adding her magic to it because she makes us sound smart. Okay, um, I'm obviously wanna... being you know funny there, but. So I guess we will move on to world issues for the moment. Um, 
I know that you put the thing in there, which there is a link to a Word document in the drive uh, that that Emily put together for the thing that you put um, the turkey lock tur turkey launching an offensive against the PKK in northern Iraq. Um, but the PKK is the the Kurdistan Workers Party. Uh, it's a militant political organization, armed guerrilla movement, which historically operated throughout Kurdistan, but is now primarily based in the mountainous Kurdish majority regions of Southeast Turkey and Northern Iraq. Uh, the PKK's ideology was originally a fusion of revolutionary socialism and Marxism-Leninism Marxism with Kurdish nationalism. Uh, another, I guess, example of how nationalism can be used in a left-wing context. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking, same thing with Cuba. Cuba is my go-to example, though. Um, right. Anyway, the PKK was formed as part of a growing discontent over the suppression of Turkey's Kurds, uh, which is a very much a, a very long, ongoing issue. Um, in an effort to establish linguistic, cultural, and political rights for the Kurdish minority. Um, so basically the PKK um, is using its bases in Northern, Northern Iraq to stage attacks on Turkey. Uh, they are considered a terrorist group by Turkey, the US and the European Union. Let's not forget that, uh, you know, Turkey is, Turkey, the U.S. is the leading empire, and the European Union is a capitalist facade of democracy. So, right. The reality of that is that the PKK is a group of armed leftists who are trying to assert their fucking human rights, and of course, being shit on by capitalists. Right. Right. And I mean, much like with Cuba, this is. The reason nationalism is important here is because their identity is being stomped out. Yeah. Has been for decades. Right. Literally all they want is independence. Yep. And like Scott Instead, just said, how many fucking times have the Kurdish people supported American war efforts? And then how many times have we abandoned them? That's true. I just realized that we don't have the comments feed up on the actual display screen. So anybody watching this who's not like in the comments isn't seeing them. Yeah, but I mean, you can, you know, click them and. Yeah, do that. Stuff. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, ugh, I didn't bring water in here. Good job, Rob. I brought water, juice, marijuana, Newport. I'm prepared. So there is an air and ground offensive codenamed Op, uh, Operation Clawlock um, in Iraqi Kurdistan in the early hours of Monday. This was the 18th of April. Uh, Turkish jets have struck shelters, bunkers, caves, tunnels, ammunition depots, and the military headquarters of the Kurdistan Workers Party. Um, Operation Clawlock aims to prevent the PKK militants' movement between their bases, which spread from 
Kandil Mountains on the Iraqi-Iranian border to the Syrian frontier. Turkey plans to, a, uh, to establish a base in Matina to monitor the region and control the route to the mountains on the Iraq-Iran border, where the central command center of the PKK is based. Um, both Kurdish and Tur Turkish experts agree that the mountainous terrain would make the operation difficult for the Tur Turkish side. Quote, this will not be a swift operation. It will take weeks, if not months, according to a retired general who headed to the op center under the Turkish chief of staff. I think that was supposed to read headed the op center under the Turkish, Turkish chief of staff. <laughs> well, so, well, that's not even on stream. <laughs> can we get some uh, some uh, phonetic spellings of these locations? Right. You know, we <clears throat> for the love of God, yeah, we're names. How many names have I destroyed? So many. Oh, so, so many. many. <laughs> but we we give it our best effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, a former chief of staff pledged that the offensive operations would continue until the last terrorist was dead, but assured listeners that civilian, civilians and the religious and cultural heritage of the region would not be harmed. But going after the religion and cultural heritage of the reason, or of the region rather, has been a key focus of this for a very long time. Not to mention, this is an uprising of the citizens. Also, there's always, always, fucking always collateral damage when shit like this happens. So how they can sit there and try to claim that they can guarantee that no harm's going to come to just ordinary citizens living their daily life or any of, you know, well, yeah. centers of worship, any of that, it's bullshit. It's, you can't promise that. Well, right, right. And that takes me back to our coverage of Ukraine, you know, like there's a big difference between people getting caught in the crossfire and intentionally targeting citizens. A very big difference. Yeah. And I got a whole Twitter feed loaded to share about that one when we get to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to, I, I was hoping we were primarily going to focus on Mariupol. Yes. Um, this whole Twitter feed here is interviews with people who managed to escape Mariupol with a lot to say about how they've been getting attacked by the Ukrainian military. Um, a lot of them directly by Azov Battalion. Um, Mariupol and, is like, the home of the Azov Battalion, for those of you that may not know mm -hmm. that. Right. They're using the people who live in the area as human fucking shields. They're rounding people up, shoving them in basements uh, to sit there and stay. You know, some of them only managed to escape because as the Russian military has pushed through there, they opened up the humanitarian corridor for people to escape. Um, but Azov's also been, you know, just slaughtering people as they catch them trying to leave. Um I know, right, Scott? It's it's hard to believe Nazis would use people as human shields, isn't it? But uh, here we go. I'm going to screen share this and uh, let you guys watch for yourselves. And maybe this will actually let me blow the videos up full screen. 
Живу там и В принципе, военные как-то помогали вам, давали вообще, зеленый коридор. Вообще никто ничего не давал, никаких коридоров. Азов, сука! Выжали люди, Азов, блядь, расстреливал пидорасы, сука! Что Азов делал? Расстреливал колонны, блядь, мирных нахуй пытались выезжать на Володарск, расстреливали блядь. автобусы, блядь. Дома накрытые. Около домов накрытые, все. А вот в частный сектор я видел, хоронят там, где живут, там и хоронят. Украинские военные как-то помогали вам, давали вообще, зеленый коридор. Вообще никто ничего не давал, никаких коридоров. Азов, сука, выжали люди, Азов, блядь, расстреливал пидорасы, сука. Что Азов делал? Расстреливал колонны, блядь, мирных нахуй пытались выезжать на Володарск, расстреливали блядь. автобусы, блядь. Дома накрытые. Около домов накрытые, все, а сейчас я там и живу, там и Расстреливал колонны, блядь, мирных нахуй пытались выезжать на Володарск, расстреливали автобусы, блядь. Домов накрыли и все, а вот в частный сектор я видел, там где живут, там и хоронят. Как вы смогли выходить? Почему? А украинская армия не помогала вам? Вы рады, что вы выехали? Почему вы раньше не выехали? Она всегда не выпускала. Не давали коридор. Украина не выпускала из города полностью. Заблокированный были. Приезжали военные, говорит, ни, ни в коем случае не выезжайте из города, если вам будет если предоставлен вас... коридор Российской Федерации. Они хотели дальше нами прикрываться и все. Выехали откуда? Как, как вы смогли выйти? We opened our eyes, sitting in the basement of Terrasport. We were told that the Russian military had entered the city and that the city was being mopped up. We had to get out, go to Port City. Those who had cars left, and we had to walk with small children. The cars that rolled by were empty, but they didn't take us, because everyone was scared. There were no houses along the way, everything was on fire. The corpses of civilians and soldiers were everywhere. The children were crying. We walked under the bullets, barely made it to the buses. On the way, the Russian military gave the children sweets and food. All this time, there's off militants behind us like behind a living wall. We were not allowed to go out. We were kept in the basement for 15 days. They didn't give us any water. The children were screaming. There was nothing. Ukrainian militants just came, put tanks in front of the bomb shelters. We ran away so we'd be shot at. Retreating, they bombed the bomb shelter in the drama theater, and people, including those wounded by shrapnel, were brought to us. We were all gathered like a herd. Only today, the green corridor was given. 
We were told that Russian soldiers were shooting people. When our children were leaving, everyone was hysterical. Everyone was crying when they saw the Russian military, simply because they got used to ours, how our Ukrainian troops treated them. You go into the store, you stand in line, they come drunk with machine guns, they push you and make you say, glory to the heroes. That's how we lived all this time. In Greek, it doesn't have a translation. Um, so I wonder if this one has it translated or not. And shit, it's opening a separate. That's the article for it. Um, crap, that doesn't want to play. Pray, give me a second. There's, there's just countless videos in here from people who managed to escape. Города Мариуполя, Бойченко, в открытую, призывал делать коктейли Молотова и бросать в российских военных. У нас там фашистские, фашистский Азов, правый сектор, они творили такие бесчинства. У нас во дворе убила ребенка, убила женщину, остался двухлетний ребенок. Но у нас во дворе блокада полнейшая, нету ни связи, ни воды, ни газа, ни света. И нас дурят украинские власти о том, что... Все взято под контроль Украины, что Россия разбита и вообще там чуть ли Путин не в гагском суде сидит. Понимаете? То есть поболнейшая да, блокада информационная. Я знаю эту историю, причем... Города Мариуполя, Бойченко, в открытую, so призывал делать коктейли Молотова и бросать в российский поезд. The information blockade quite a bit over the first month or so of this invasion. Um, but I mean, Russian sources have been pulled from YouTube worldwide, they've been outright banned in the entire European Union. When she says that there is a blockade on information, that is not an understatement. Nope, not at all. They're flat out lying to them as well as trying to coerce them into staying just to remain human shields. Um, if you want to uh, see this, this Twitter feed, this is why we need to get the Discord out. Uh, hold on. 
We have awesome. a visitor. Awesome. Hi, Dean. I'm turning off your video because we're done with it anyway. Yeah. Hi, Dean. Thank you. I was in the midst of copying and pasting that link so that we can share that in the comments for people to go explore further and see the rest of that feed. Hey, guys. That is in the comments. Hi, Dean. Why can't I see you? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm working on that. I have a really nice camera, too. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Hold on. So uh, for those of you that may be newer to the show, Dean is a founding member. He's been back in the chat for a while, but uh, it's an unexpected surprise to see him. Yes. Well, not, we're not seeing him yet. There he is. There you are. <laughs> Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> Emily said Dean is within the internet currently. He will be back. <laughs> I am here. Yeah, I am here. Yeah. No, I just wanted to drop on. Say hi. I don't want to disrupt the uh, flow. But I thought I would hang with you guys for a few moments. Right on. That's okay. Absolutely. That's no disruption to the flow. That's an addition to it. <laughs> Well, what's on your mind, Dean? What uh, what brings you to us today? Honestly, nothing pressing. You're right in the middle. You're right in the middle of of uh, uh, Ukraine, Russia, and media blackouts. So I'm 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 really not here to disturb that. Although I do want to pause and reflect on the on the let's go Brandon thing, which Brandon kind of amuses the crap out of me. I, I mean, it's almost like. It's almost like a call to action for an entire generation. I think we grossly underestimated the importance of Let's Go Brandon. You could be right, but we still say fuck Joe Biden like adults. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. The whole thing seems preposterous. It seems childish, but I think there's a... There... It's huge, and there's something that we could delve deep more deeply into because I think it it has less teeth now than it had a year ago. But more importantly, I think it proves the almost, and and this is not going to sound like a very nice thing for me to say, but it almost proves the hypocrisy of the left. I mean, they threw 278 billion metric tons of shit at Trump. And the best thing that the that the right could come up with was let go let's go Brandon and the left collectively shat their pants and and they used to continue on a daily basis. I mean, that's just I mean it's not even mean. It's kind of it's almost cute, you know. I mean, <laughs> come on, you know, take a joke. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, it's just, it's a trip, especially seeing like the combination that really is perplexing and ironic of people flying a let's go Brandon flag with the big yellow snake, don't tread on me flag and the fucking thin blue line flag. Like, are you confused? Oh, dude, my favorite that I've seen. They have a lot of virtues to signal. (laughs) Fair. 
But my favorite that I've seen this week is a is a cop taking a selfie in his cruiser. He's wearing his sheriff, you know, bulletproof vest and the, yeah. holding up a don't tread on me coffee cup. And somebody reply tweeted to it saying, bro, you're the foot. Right. <laughs> right. It's true. The fucking boot itself is like, don't tread on me. Like, you're the fucker doing the treading. You know, and that that that's it's almost like um, it's almost as if it's it's kind of a full circle thing, and I think we've seen that, right? I I don't think that it's any of us are be surprised by that condition, but believe it or not, guys, several even in my lifetime, even as a very younger person, a younger person, um, that kind of uh, political signaling by the police would be unthinkable. <laughs> literally unthinkable i mean their their politics and their and their uh uh cultural persuasions either left the end of their gun or or was 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 at the end of their nightstick but you didn't see them carrying uh you didn't see them carrying coffee cups and punisher flags So, like, speaking of timeout, timeout. What's going on with that? Are they still flying Punisher flags now that they hate Disney? Or like, I've seen them here and there. I still see them on the cop cars, not just people's cars. I mean, people can put whatever they want on their cars, but I've seen them on police cars. I'm sure that people listening to my voice have seen them too. Just the irony, the irony, because the Punisher was like that uh anti-hero type that was going around yeah, above the law fucked up people what he would kill crooked cops why are crooked cops flying the punishers logo on their sh- it's it's so befuddling some of like, them throw stickers some of them throw stickers and i've noticed lately what they've taken to do is is there's um somebody must be online selling like little chrome badges they're about a half an inch tall so they're super subtle and they'll find a place in in the car i've seen them on on uh, my local sheriff's one of one of their uh, vehicles had a little tiny chrome almost like a like it came out of the factory it was pretty pretty impressive actually little tiny half inch puncher skull They're pushing so hard. People have virtues like, to signal. They need to be recognized. They want to be special. They want to be designated as unique. And 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 you know, like I said, you can have your own personal Jesus, but there's only one president. There's only one governor. If you're in your state, there's only one mayor. You know, and if they don't reflect your your views, your ideologies, the obvious pathway is to not vote for them or to vote for someone else. But alas, every day the January sixth trials march. And one more snowflake has an opinion about, had demonstrated their, and, and, and signaled their virtue about what they thought about the uh, the nature of governance. Yeah. So Scott asked, can we talk about the irony of Florida punishing Disney? And then Natalie said, should Disney really be a sovereign state? You know, like, what I was, the fuck? I think so it has anything to do with ideology. Right, I don't think like, it has anything to do with ideology. I think it has to do with the. I think it has to do with the that the Republicans are. are, 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 are I 
think they want Disney to pay taxes. I think it has nothing to do with homosexuality or virtue signaling or gender notions or whatever in the hell. I think they want more taxes out of Disney. Well, yeah. I think it boils down to that and only that. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I didn't even put it on the agenda because I didn't really uh, think that it was worth really diving into. But it is pretty ironic that Florida is punishing Disney because Disney brings so many people to Florida. Uh, that alone, right. honestly. Like Florida literally survives on, you know, uh, people going on vacation there. It, it survives on, on that. Like, it's the majority of the money coming into that state is people going on fucking vacation and Disney's a big part of that. Yeah. Agreed. It is. It is. And there's no, there's something, there's something, I don't know, man. I mean, you can call it corporate, uh, uh, greed and excess and, and the salaries and bonuses they give themselves large. Yes. But the, you know, it's kind of a sweet place for a good time. I mean, what, who, who picks on that? You know, it's just, it's, it's a thing for kids. It's just, you know, just, it's kind of a, it's, yay, it's fun. It's a money yeah. trap for kids. Oh, I mean, just saying, you know. <laughs> It's funny, I remember, we went there one time when I was a kid, um, 1992, we went down to Disney, and... You know, it was so fucking cool that my parents bought like the annual pass thinking we'd come back. Yeah, we never went back. We totally oh, should have. It was fun. Well, yeah, it is fun. It's an experience. I think everybody should have that experience. And and it shouldn't be polluted by politics. It's or perverted by politics. Yeah, okay, it's corporate right. lead. It represents a lot of shit. Who gives a shit when you're four? Right. 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 The kids go in there, don't give a fuck how much taxes that Disney pays. <laughs> or anything to do with gender or, or or sexual polarity or whatever in the hell is, 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 right. is... I don't know. This seems like one of those things where it's like a look here issue. Meaning, so what's going on? Look, look here. Disney's doing this. Look right here. That makes me want to go look over there, you know. And right. the only thing staring at me in the face is taxes. When I look over there, they're not paying their fair share or something. I don't know. Maybe they didn't tie it to the governor. I have no idea. Maybe there's no corporate uh, governance process that allows the 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 largest uh, for for DeSantis's office. I have no clue. I don't know. Maybe they should have bought him a golf cart. I mean, maybe they forgot to mail the bribery check. Exactly. Never know. Exactly. Exactly. Every corporation is nothing more than a miniature bureaucracy, but it's quite possible that some idiot overlooked that. So, so they're so they're making a great big let's go Brandon pants shitting fucking affair out of it. You know, <laughs> pants shitting affair. Them's okay um, that. But yeah, I agree with you, Scott. You know, Disney does need to pay their fair share of taxes, but it's it's just weird the way this has come about. Like Natalie said, of you know, the Republicans were tricked into increasing taxes. <laughs> They're usually the ones trying to decrease them. Especially so how, the wealthy. 
Jesus Christ, look at my goddamn gigantic glasses. That's awesome. Look at that. <laughs> yes. So, just I'm glad to be back on the stream with you. I just wanted to um, drop in and say hi. I don't want to, uh, I probably already have disrupted the flow, but uh, I thought I would, I thought I would uh, kind of signal that I do plan to return. Scott asked, "How high is Dean right now?" <laughs> not at all, and not even a not even a scratch, not even not not anything. It is it is it is four twenty two, which is about right. That means everybody's broke. And wait, yeah, everybody's broke. Payday's in like eight days, right? You now. mean it's four twenty two? What four twenty two point oh? <laughs> a little yeah. bit later, 420. Well, yeah, guys, this it's is my this is my uh, my Fort Michelin Mackinac coffee cup, Mackinac, Michigan. Shouts out! Uh, right on. Uh, are you sure you don't want to stop or to to stay rather and stay? talk about mass death? <laughs> no, actually, I'm five minutes late for a meeting. Um, I have to go to, but I wanted to just drop in the stream and tell a few jokes. Throw my pronouns, throw my face, and kind of give a you, you mean preview. He, him and we. She, she, he, we, shwe. Yeah. Yeah. All genders. All genders, <laughs> all people. That's where I'm from. Fuck yeah. But yeah, no, I just wanted to drop in, uh, drop a few, drop, make a few jokes, totally fuck your flow up, and then leave. So cool. <sighs> <laughs> I will, however, thank you. We I will appreciate return. it very much. I will, no, I will. I will return. Obviously, this is a, this is this is meant to be a, a you know like canary in the coal mine. I do plan to return. Hmm. Well, uh, well, Scott and James are sucking you off in the comments section right now. Are they? So. Oh my god! They I are. Read the they comments. Are, they're on their knees and taking turns. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, Scott? I'm getting even bigger glasses. I finally got my hands on some uh, uh, glass lenses from eyeglasses.com. It took me a long time to actually finally score these, and I had a set of frames that they were going to put them in, and um, they broke them when they made the new lenses to fit the frames. They broke the frames putting the lenses in. So I got another. It, it, it's delayed, but I've got another one, another pair coming. Glass meaning that I can literally like pick a pair of dirty underwear off the floor and clean them, or I could clean them with sandpaper almost, and they won't scratch. Uh, I, 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 I most people who know me you know I have a long time beef in the glassless industry with polycarbonate and and high index type plastic lenses that are literally made of oil and garbage, and they might last if you're lucky if you treat them as if they're a, a, a heat sensitive and and delicate jewel it might last a year or two i'm hard as fuck on glasses big time big time hard on glasses so i'm really excited to get my glass lenses back it's been uh, a little better part of 25 years since i've had glass lenses but with the prescription that i have is thick enough that i'll probably have to wear remember them kids that had to wear sports straps to hold them on their heads i'll probably have to wear those but because it'll be heavy as fuck. My dad's glasses have sports straps. Yeah, yeah. I'll sure. probably have to get a pair of those. I'll have to get at least a couple of those. But I'm looking forward to being able to see. So, right. I digress. Don't plan on talking about any more uh, personal or health related items. So, 
you can relax. I have no 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 other health emergencies or or uh, uh, TMI discussion to have tonight. <laughs> Good. <laughs> right, good. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it is always welcome. Every now and then, this show turns into TMI radio. Happens. Oh, I, I'm, that's the problem. Like, I, I, I don't know when to pull back. So, yeah, usually stop the clocks. I think I have in the past, without without, without intending to. So with that, well, so with that, I will, I will, I will take my leave and thank you all. Thank you. Yep. Good to see you. Yep. Yes. Yep. Thank you. For yep. Us. Good luck. It was awesome to see your face. Yeah, I'll have you in the background. Well, I got to get on this other call. All right, guys. Good night. All right. See you in a bit. All right. So that brings us to mass demonstrations. Demonstrations. Why can't I talk? spread worldwide as food and gas costs spiral. Um, I'm going to drop this link in the uh, thing as well, because obviously we're not going to read the whole thing. If you want more info, it can be found right there. Uh, that is from the World Socialist website. You need to pop Scott's comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers need yeah. Jesus. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. Before I move on, actually, I have a story to tell. I went to a show. Okay. I know you're terribly surprised. I went to a show the day before Easter, right? And it was a behemoth show, right? Which, I mean, I don't know how familiar you you all of you are with behemoth but you know they wear face paint and there's an upside down cross in their logo and you know so there's this christian guy with a megaphone <laughs> telling us that we're going to hell right and then there's this dude selling water it's just like oh if you guys are going to hell you're gonna need to buy some water on the way there it's pretty hot and he sold <laughs> <laughs> so much water uh good salesmanship right there he's grabbing the opportunity and hey he's not exploiting anybody's labor so you know we can always support that right. <laughs> just, just out there selling water like hey oh man but like thirsty, the, but not here and there one of the dudes <laughs> that was waiting in line with us was just like you know this guy's making a lot of sense so i don't know if i could go to this show of course he still did anyway but you know sarcasm yeah yeah or or like you know like yeah dude uh i'll, I'll make it right with the lord tomorrow <laughs> right you just gotta repent right <laughs> yeah so uh you know like i can only imagine what his face would have been like when we started sacrificing goats on, on the <laughs> i can't even say it with a straight face oh man it's just funny, though, like how many people have to tell you through your life that you're going to hell. It's like, I know I have the reservation. This dude thought that we were going to a black mass on the night before Easter. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking concert, dude. 
Uh, it was a great show, by the way. Yeah. Anyway. From the video, I figured as much. Um, so, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, all my friends will be there, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I always make the joke that I've got a cabin cabin reserved on the lake of fire so you know we'll all be partying it up right we're gonna get a pontoon yes yes because you know we're from michigan you gotta swim and go boating and all that good stuff yeah what good is it to live on a lake if you're not enjoying the lake it's warm it'll be like bath water Really, Natalie man? said Arizona is now in the Bible Belt. I can't really disagree with that. There's so many churches here. It is Satan's asshole. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I keep getting uh, distracted. So mass demonstrations spread worldwide as food and gas costs spiral from the World Socialist website. I put that in the comments a few minutes ago. Uh you can read the whole article if you want more information, but increases of cost of living triggered by the U.S. and NATO war against Russia and Ukraine are producing a massive wave of working class protests throughout the world. Masses of people of all racial, ethnic and linguistic backgrounds are reaching the same conclusion. Life can't continue in the old way. No. Now is the time of monsters. Protests are now taking place on every continent, with the exception of Antarctica, of course. Uh, Give it a I'll, minute. Uh, an ice shelf just melted enough to collapse right the fuck off of it, so give it a minute. Yeah. People will be at least protesting on behalf of Antarctica if they can't right. make it there. Because what um, the fuck? I would argue that Extinction Rebellion already is, but yes. Fair point. Um, yeah. Demonstrators have been defying states of emergency and responding to police repression with mobilizations of growing size and intensity. Uh, initial protests in Peru, Sudan, and Sri Lanka are spreading to heavily populated and more urban countries. Uh, for example, in Iran, municipal workers, government employees, oil workers, telecommunication workers, and teachers have walked off jobs to demand massive increases in wages and pensions. That's like, that's like half of the goddamn economy. Mm -hmm. That is the kind of general strikes that we were seeing in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. I'm loving seeing how much this has grown because we have seen strikes hit damn near every industry that, you know, is essential. <laughs> to the continuation of life itself, <laughs> you know, and having the teachers jump in there on that too. It's like, it, that's about fucking time. We need to give them some serious raises. Teachers don't make enough to live. And most of the time they're buying half their classroom supplies out of their own pocket because the budget for the school isn't enough. Um, it's ridiculous. So it's like, okay, we've had strikes in shipping uh, both on the water and on land. We've had strikes in food as far as like the Nabisco bakeries, things like that. We were having strikes in healthcare. We're having strikes in education. How much more is it going to take? 
This needs to turn to a full-blown general strike of pretty much everybody who is not white-collar standing up and going, fuck you, you're exploiting my labor to the white-collar motherfuckers. Well, I mean, even the white-collar is just the labor aristocracy. They're still not the bourgeoisie. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still working class, too. They're just high enough up on the ladder to not feel like they are. Yeah, it doesn't touch them. They're making enough money to more than survive, you know? Mm, A lot of them are. A lot of them, yes, but not as much as you would think. Um, I mean, that's that's going to change when, uh, you know, a couple imagine what food prices are going to be like in two years if this continues. That's all I have to Look say. At prices. Look at the yeah. fucking gas prices. It's almost five dollars a gallon here and has been ever since yep. she with Russia popped off. Um, so also in uh, Indonesia, large student demonstrations erupted last week over rising prices of cooking oil and by the recent announcement that their president intends to stay in office another term. In Pakistan, food prices have increased 15% over the last year, which, by the way, uh, according to the Consumer Price Index, our food prices are up 11% over last year. So let's not make this sound like it's some faraway issue. It's not. Right. Concerns about protests against rising prices are at the heart of the recent parliamentary removal of the prime minister. Uh, And then in Latin America, there was a mass demonstration that took place in Buenos Aires uh, as a trucker strike has inhibited grain exports, uh, which has resulted in a loss of purchasing power of local currency. But you can't eat money, and they fucking know that. So, I mean, we're probably trying to buy it from them dirt cheap, right? And they're like, oh, well, you ain't got Russian or Ukrainian grain anymore, so you're going to fucking pay us what it's worth. Right. The thing is, like, a lot of people don't realize that all this shit going on, that's that's just affecting the common people. They're not hurting the oligarchs that are actually pushing all of this bullshit um they're hurting common people and not just in ukraine and in russia but through pakistan india other areas that depend heavily on grain from that area you know yeah um also fertilizer prices are skyrocketing yeah yeah it takes to grow corn so guess what? We're going to see corn prices go up, and well, in turn, we're going to see I mean, you don't like have meat to use, go up. If you if you grow the corn with the land, you don't need to use any fertilizer. The problem is, is we're trying we're to grow that. corn, uh, you know, not like in a river valley in Phoenix, Arizona, but you know, in uh, literally the middle of the desert in Arizona. <laughs> right. And it's like the soil's been depleted from the the style of factory farming that's being done. So yes. you have to perpetually fucking put fertilizer on this stuff, you know. With or that you could grow it with squash and beans, and you can. Right. We we need them to innovate and start using methods like the three sisters there because 
Otherwise, they're going to keep stripping the soil. Uh, you know, it's just a factor of like about half of our corn production is used for cattle feed. So when that price goes up and is passed on to the farmers that are raising beef, etc., that those prices are going to continue to shoot up too. Like this is going to affect so much stuff in our food chain. We need and to that's also going to affect fuel prices too, because I mean, I know that the E85 isn't as common as it used to be, but most gas in most states is still cut with 10% ethanol, which is made from corn. Yep. Um, so, um, last few things on this, uh, strike of truckers, taxi drivers, and bus drivers shut down Honduras last week, and the government responded by raising fees for working class passengers. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, no, they, they all need to revolt. <laughs> fucking overthrow that fucking government you gotta be kidding me um so be punitive instead of actually fixing the fucking situation mm -mm. that's unacceptable uh the guardian warned last week that the uk is sliding into social and economic crises that will be unlike anything people have seen for decades uh right now and, and they're saying this they're dealing with seven percent inflation which is the highest since 1992, right? We're dealing with pretty damn close to nine and 11% on food. Global food prices have risen 34% since, since last year. Uh, West and East Africa, tens of millions are facing starvation. This isn't new, it's just amplified. Right. Um, in the Middle East and North Africa, already low food reserves will run dry in a matter of weeks. Um, in the months ahead, cuts to fertilizer exports from Russia and Belarus. Uh, Belarus. Yeah, I I was. It was typed as Belarus, and that's what it it fucked me up. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh, will reduce global staple crop yields by up to half. Um, and you were just talking about the prices of export uh, of imported fertilizer since we're not getting it from Russia and Belarus. Um, or Ukraine, for that matter. They make a fair amount themselves. Um, the spontaneous eruption of protests throughout the world is an objective process produced by the enormous crisis of the world capitalist system. The transformation of this objective process into a conscious movement for socialism is a question of the building of the revolutionary leadership, the International Committee of the Fourth International, or IFCI. The Socialist Equity Parties and the International Youth and Students for Social Equality and the International Workers Alliance of Rank and File Committees are holding an online rally on May Day, that's May 1st, um, the Day of International Working Class Solidarity. We, on that day, plan to be releasing a uh, May Day piece, like a historical piece on May Day. Um, International Workers' Day. Day. Only America calls it May Day, so it takes the focus off of workers. Well, I mean, it's it's not just America. The West, in general, well, 
Yeah, but the East primarily calls it International Workers Day or International Workers Solidarity Day or some variants of that. Um, anyway, we will be doing uh, a historical piece on that, hopefully, on May 1st. That is also the day that we will be unveiling our brand spanking new logo and uh, branding. So be patient. That's what we've been using our time for the last couple of weeks. And we were, we we're actually going to like, get this, publish a schedule. Right. We're going to try. We're giving like, it our best time. Like, <laughs> like ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And Patreon exclusive stuff. Finally. Yes. Including previews because we're actually going to have stuff pre-recorded ahead enough of time to give our patrons sneak views on that stuff. Trying to up those perks for y'all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got? So that was the end of that. Oh, yeah. Unions. We get to circle back yes. to the unions. Yes, indeed. Uh, do you have teams open, Tricia? Yes, I do. I am pulling up Emily's notes right now. I see there's... Speaking of Emily, um, mm -hmm. I, she doesn't like appear on camera, really, ever. Uh, but she does appear in the comments. That is my girlfriend. She got a job and defended her dissertation and is about to graduate with a PhD. Dr. Emily... Dr. Like Emily. Just rolls off the tongue so beautifully. <laughs> Emily said, you mean the doctor's notes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. Is everything on the Starbucks stuff in this third document, or do I need to grab the other two as well? No, the other two we already did. Okay. All right. Woo. Excuse you, Sarah. My dog's trying to shove me over. Thank you, Emily, for putting all of this together. All right. All right. She's got the videos linked in everything. Fuck yes. yeah, dude. So, so I want to, I, I, I like the order she put this in because we're going to be talking about the Starbucks union from the, the Starbucks union perspective. But the first thing that we're going to talk about is the CEO, the billionaire CEO, um, Blaming the union or blasting the union, calling it an outside force trying to disrupt uh, Starbucks. Um, but I mean, I'll let him make an ass out of himself, but I want to preface this by saying that no, the union is an inside force that is absolutely trying to disrupt Starbucks. They're not going to take the right you exactly, they're not going to take you exploiting them. And that's what you're upset about. Yep. 
And it's crazy because I've heard people try to argue that, oh, you know, businesses just can't afford to have their people unionized anymore. The fuck they can't. Look at how much money he's making per hour to just sit on his ass and collect profits from Starbucks versus how much you guys are making per hour to do all the work. Just saying. They absolutely can't afford to increase pay and benefits for the people making their businesses happen. There's no excuse. They would just rather be able to buy another fucking yacht and another vacation home this year. So, I got a video here pulled up. I have so many tabs open. Oh my God, I'm getting lost over here. So I close them when I'm done with them. Overcome the obstacles, the challenges, the resiliency of the company is directly related to the leadership that you have provided. But the challenges right now are real and they're in front of us. And the challenges are multiple. The pandemic, a post-pandemic customer, the relationship we have with our customers, competitive threats, and now a new outside force that's trying desperately to disrupt our company. Well, I believe in Starbucks more than ever because I believe in all of you. My faith and confidence in the future of Starbucks is based on my faith and confidence in you not some outside force that's going to dictate or disrupt what we are and who we and who we are and what we do. So that was from a leaked uh, company call uh, to store managers and shit, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Scott. Motherfucker has some nerve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, he, the audacity. Fuck. Yeah, he accused uh, Starbucks workers united of bullying other workers not to vote. He did not provide specifics or details to bolster the claim. Surprise. Uh, Rossanne Williams, Starbucks president in North America, told managers in the same video that it is, quote, your number one responsibility to convince employees to vote. She urges managers to do their part in making sure their partners, employees, get balanced information about what's going on, especially in light of union busting all over the country. Uh, Williams claimed she had been to the Buffalo, New York Starbucks, which was the first to be unionized for four months, and there was no union busting going on. Um, she had been there, and she just knows there's no union busting going on. She had been there how much? She was there to grab a coffee? <laughs> I mean, what are you, what no. are you saying? Right. All right. So, right. so here comes a, a bit of like rapid fire news. Uh, this is going to be a lot of numbers, but they're good numbers. Okay. Earlier this week, workers at five Starbucks restaurants in Richmond, Virginia, voted to join a union. Workers at the Starbucks Reserve Roastery in Seattle, where Starbucks is headquartered uh, and roasted, 
also voted to unionize. The total number of unionized Starbucks locations is up to 26, and 15 of these have already been certified by the, by the National Labor Relations Board. Um, so now Schultz, that's the, the jackass that was just fucking talking a minute ago, um, has embarked on a tour uh, of the Starbucks stores. I, I, I don't know why, but I picture this as like, a hot air balloon tour except for the hot air balloon is his head <clears throat> of the starbucks stores nationwide to dissuade employees against unionization and according to more perfect union starbucks workers united has filed more than 80 more than 80 unfair labor practice complaints against the company starbucks has been well at several locations at this point has been accused of firing pro-union baristas and rep reprimanding their other workers who have also been active in the organized labor drive. So basically, uh, people that are openly pro-union are being let go. And anywhere in the U.S., you were covered by the National Labor Relations Act, which states that they cannot fire you for trying to organize. That... It's illegal. But what what he's doing, what Schultz is doing, that, that should be illegal too, because what Schultz is doing literally qualifies as union busting. He's he's literally trying to go around and convince people to not fucking unionize because he wants to hang on to those profits. Like Scott said anyone Emily. don't <laughs> that is yeah I agree I totally got the visual in my head of his head blown up as a hot air balloon and it was ridiculous as the words falling out of that fucking hole in his face <laughs> who's whose presidential run are we talking about here Scott I think he means Schultz. Really? Huh. I, I don't remember that. <sighs> yeah. Damn. Uh, yes, yes, James. Telling people not to talk to the union is illegal. That is uh, considered intimidation. And especially when they're already firing your coworkers for doing so, um, they're literally trying to threaten you to not unionize. Like, hey, we'll fire you if you try to say you have the right to not be so deeply exploited by us. Let's just take one more moment to look at this dude. Doesn't he just like look like the type of asshole that he is? Yes, and his head is shaped like a hot air balloon. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> mm, wow. Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's white and has a lot of money. I mean, those are like the requirements to be U.S. president, right? Right. I as mean, well as the head of a hot air balloon. Not necessarily the shape, but proverbially, 
<laughs> anyway, on to uh, actually before before I move on, I want to uh, put this in the comments again. Throwing the links in there. Yeah, that's there we for go. the Starbucks Starbucks Workers United uh, website. Uh, John. John just said uh, anti-union speech comes from an employer that is a heavy threat to one's livelihood. Absolutely. Scott, Damn, I Scott. briefly I briefly worked for Walmart and day one during your orientation, you have to watch like a 40 minute anti-union video. They say that we don't need a union because we have the open door policy. Which means if you don't like the fucking terms of your work, you can walk out the fucking door. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be that you can take any issues you have directly to your boss and you won't be reprimanded for it. But in practice, that's not what happens. Right. In practice, it's there's the door. Yep, pretty much. And yeah, James, it, it's not normal. Well, I mean, it's common, but it's it not. Is, it is common. That kind of intimidation is very common. I thought it was illegal, or I thought it was like a fireable offense for a long time. Um, but actually, the National Labor Relations Act very clearly says that it is not. Yeah. Uh, John, I'm glad to see you back. It's been a little bit. He just said, you can walk if you don't take it up the ass. Goddamn right. With no lube. No reach yep. around either. Anywho, You'd need to so unionize to get the reach around. On to the Amazon labor union, which I'm also going to drop in the comments here. There we go. Amazon uh, it's an independent worker-led movement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, independent worker-led movement for job security, union pay, better working conditions, and worker power and dignity at Amazon.com Incorporated. The word union has been banned in the largest subreddit for Amazon workers and the new Amazon worker chat app. Amazon CEO says unions are slower and more bureaucratic. Well, that's because you want to fight with them about whether or not they get better pay and benefits. Stop fighting. Stop fighting and it won't be so damn slow. <laughs> um, April 1st, workers of Amazon in Staten Island made history. They unionized the second largest private employer in the United States, Amazon, in a location with over 8,000 workers. To that I say fuck yes. Uh, described as one of the biggest wins for organized labor in a generation. I would say probably more than a generation. Yeah. Probably more. Yeah, probably a couple generations. Uh, the final score on that being 2,654 yes votes to 2,131 no votes. Uh, Amazon went to great lengths to convince every single employee in the 8,000 person warehouse to vote no to forming a union. 
they plastered the warehouse with anti-union propaganda posters. They fired two black Amazon workers and organizers. Uh, there were small arrests for alleged trespassing on Amazon property. Uh, that happened after a disappointing defeat of ALU at Bessemer Amazon Warehouse in Alabama. Which we covered uh, at the time. The Huffington Post recently. Yep. Uh, Huffington Post recently revealed that Amazon spent over $4.3 million fucking dollars in union-busting efforts just in Alabama alone. That's just insane. That's, that's fucking unpaid wages that they're spending to union-bust. They're using the people's and, money against them. And it's not new, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. You want to know what I'm pretty impressed about? Right? Though that that is that is the end of the material that we have to cover, and Dean came in and crashed us, and we circled back to the first thing. So we like started off behind schedule, right? And we're still right reaching the end of our material, On only schedule. seven minutes behind. That's not bad, right? Hell yeah! You know, Scott, we're trying we to need five-hour tours. Yeah, right. Um, I actually agree. Oh, damn it! There we go. Agree with Scott on uh, on on this, but we can't just reverse it and then leave it alone. <coughs> we need to do better. Um, but that could be its own piece, and honestly, um, it probably should be at some point. Yeah, we should add that to the list. And I think that's probably what you're doing right now since you leaned yeah, forward that's, and I that's... your pen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Once again, thank you, Emily, for the show notes. That um, that made it a lot easier yeah. than trying to, like, stumble through it. Um, yeah. So anyway, though, on this union stuff, though, I didn't mean to, like, cut off the conversation on it. I just wanted to, uh, you know, point out that for all the all that put us behind today, we did not. Uh... I, I just got distracted by teams. I did, too. <laughs> it keeps popping up. Right I, in front I of this literally window. just. Yeah, I literally just had a brain fart. I am so sorry. Oh yeah, I was. I just wanted to point out that for everything that put us behind today, we still ended up pretty much on schedule. Uh, yes, James. Uh, Emily saves my butt regularly, actually. Um. <laughs> yeah so i do want to read from a message from chris smalls um i had a spot that i wanted to read but it took me back to the top of the page so this this was before the vote Right, the vote was March 30th. Um, Amazon has always put 
I might as well read this whole last paragraph, actually. Amazon has spent millions of dollars trying to stop the ALU. It would take only a fraction of that to pay every JFK 8 worker $30 an hour. It is easy to see why this has not happened yet. Amazon has always put profit over people. The, Am uh, the Amazon labor union has never promised anything, but I can promise you this. We will fight for you. Unlike the company, we won't have a system that writes you up or tells you to just call the ERC. The, the union will give us power and the right to collective bargaining. Many of you have questions about dues. Let me clear that up. As interim president and a former Amazon employee, I promise that not one single payment of dues will be taken until we have a contract with higher wages signed. If you're worried about experience, please know that we have had lawyers guiding us and uh, supporting us who have worked for unions with millions of members. We have filed the most charges against Amazon in history, including a national set settlement that gave us the right to occupy the break rooms, as you have, may have seen us do. These are just a few victories we have had during our journey. Amazon wants you to vote no, and it's no wonder why. We are asking that you vote yes. Vote yes for job security. Vote for friends who were fired. Vote to scrap the system that writes you up. Vote for keeping their hands off our cell phones, for a lack of accommodations, for one-hour lunches and 20-minute breaks. Vote to bring back monthly VCP bonuses and stocks as my Amazon veterans might remember. All of these things are possible and affordable. You make Amazon $638 million a day. It's time we get paid our fair share. If you ask me the real reason why I am so proud to be doing this with you, it's simple. It's because I care and I believe that on March 30th, 2022, we all together will be on the right side of, uh, of history. Solidarity forever. Chris Smalls. Nice. Hell yeah. But uh, that just made my brain start playing the Solidarity Forever song. <laughs> yeah. But I think that Amazon and Starbucks, I think that Amazon and Starbucks are canaries in the coal mine, as uh, Dean would put it. And I think that we're going to see probably the biggest labor movements that we have seen in a hundred years. What we need, in my opinion, is somebody like Eugene Debs. Yeah, absolutely. Damn it, James. I mean, he wasn't afraid to Something. stop delivering the mail. Right. He sat time in prison for speaking out against the war. World War One. Right? Gladly. He was committed. And well-spoken. He... Not just well-spoken, like, in the educated sense, but well-spoken, like, knew how to talk to people. Knew how to talk to his people. Knew how right. to talk to the working man. <laughs> right. He'd spent enough years in labor to, you know, actually get it. He never lost touch with working class. 
Thank you, Emily. <laughs> she sent a picture of my dog <laughs> to our Microsoft Teams. I am going to show off my dog. Do it. In Revolution Shea Occupuppy is definitely on staff and has been ever since Occupy when he was born. Isn't he sweet? He is. He's so adorable. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't really have anything uh, anything else to add. You know, that's a good question, uh, Scott. I do wonder how he would do today. I mean, for all we know, Chris Smalls could be that Eugene Debs figure that we need. Right. Yeah, that's fair, Natalie. Um, right. I don't. I don't have anything else to add, though. If you do, um, go ahead. No, not that I can think of. Um, I haven't gotten any further updates from back home about the situation in Grand Rapids. Um, I do need to check into that and see what they're doing if they're going to be pressing charges against the murderous fucking pig. Um, so we shall see. You know, I'm gonna. I might as well look right now. Uh, see if there's any updates there before we go. And if anybody, I'm sure all of you are aware, but uh, the the situation there is a, a, a cop killed Patrick Leoya. Uh, he was only 26 years old, if I remember right. Shot him in the back of the head while on the ground facing down. Okay, this was a fucking execution. Straight up fucking execution. Um... And the Grand Rapids police are horrendous. You know, they're one of the worst in the state, probably only second to Detroit police. Um, I've got an article here from the Washington Post, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's from yesterday. Uh, let's see if they have any update here. It says... Fiery protests shook this Midwestern city in the summer of 2020. The police unveiled a sweeping new plan with a lofty goal to become the most trusted law enforcement agency in the United States. I can tell you right now they failed. Um, it wouldn't be easy, acknowledged Eric Payne, then the Grand Rapids police chief at a special city commission meeting in August 2020. As the agency's first black leader, he had knelt with people protesting police brutality after the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. He acknowledged that while law enforcement had, quote, a long history of service and sacrifice, end quote, that it had also made mistakes, quote, including playing a significant role in systemic racism, end quote. You fucking think? Um, he said... This moment is an important turning point for our department's relationship with our community. I'd say your relationship sucks. You're an abuser that people would need to run away from to a shelter. Um, so fast forward less than two years later, an officer's fatal shooting of the 26-year-old black man, Patrick Roya, 
has returned protesters to city streets and reinvigorated long-simmering concerns over policing in Grand Rapids, a burgeoning city of 200,000, where people of color make up about 35% of the population. For some, the April 4th killing of Congolese refugee Patrick Lioya shows that previous efforts have fallen short and that the agency still needs major reform. In past years, it's been accused of using unnecessary force against Black and Latino residents, spurring an investigation by the Michigan Department of Civil Rights. Uh, Lakia Jenkins, executive director of the Neighborhood Revitalization Group, Link Up, said, even though COVID and what we have seen in the last few years, or even through COVID, sorry, and what we've seen in the last few years, there have still been a lot of concerning incidents when it comes to police interactions with residents. I don't know if we're ever left square one, unfortunately, or if we've ever left square one really haven't because nothing's fucking changed. Um, Leoya's fatal encounter with, and they say an unidentified Grand Rapids police officer. However, I do have some stuff on my phone. I will grab in a moment um, because somebody put their sleuthing skills to use and, and looked up uh, the, the graduation records with photos of police and identified him. Um, so I will grab that to show you guys in a moment here. Uh, it's captured in multiple videos. Um, the agency released some of those last week. Uh, the footage showed the officer stopping Leoya's car, telling him his license plate didn't match his car. Leoya got out looking confused and appeared to not follow the officer's directives. Before the officer grabbed him, the two briefly struggled. Um, and Leoya ran to the lawn of a house about 20 yards away. Uh, the officer knocked him to the ground. Uh, Leoya got back up to his feet. They fought for control of the officer's taser and ended up on the ground. The officer on top of Leoya with Leoya facing down when the officer pulled out his gun and shot Leoya in the back of the head. So again, straight up execution. Um, some local officials were troubled by the footage. Kent County Commissioner Robert S. Womack, who represents the southeastern quarter, home to many of the city's black residents, met with Leoya's loved ones and plans to lead a march to the state capitol this week demanding change. Um, so we need to check and see what day they're going to do that on. Um, and I wonder if they have locked arms with everybody who helped organize the last few. Um, let's see. Womack said, I don't believe that the one officer should reflect the entire force because uh, we have a lot of police officers that are doing a great job every day, but I do believe the scales of justice are being looked at at this time. And that's just another argument made in bad faith about, you know, oh, a few bad apples. And it's like, we're not talking about a few bad apples. We're talking about an entire harvest that's fucked. Let's be honest. Um, the Michigan State Police are investigating the shooting. Uh, the officer who fired the shot and murdered him has been placed on paid leave. So this asshole's getting a paid vacation for committing murder and hiding behind a badge for it. Um, from there, the Kent County prosecutor will review the findings to determine whether charges are warranted. Um, I think everybody who's seen this footage can say they absolutely are. I don't know why that's even in question. When this is the 22nd, so this happened 18 fucking days ago. Um, Grand Rapids Police Chief Eric Winstrom, who took over when Payne retired uh, last March, uh, or in March, 
Uh, he described the incident as an absolute tragedy during a news conference last week. Uh, the agency declined to make him available for an interview, but shared a prepared statement in which he pledged to increase community trust. I don't know how he's going to do that in shutting the entire cop shop because they're nothing but a threat community. Uh, let's see. There's more. Give me a moment while I scroll through this. Uh, Miriam Ackerman, a senior staff attorney with the ACLU of Michigan, which is based in Grand Rapids, uh, said Leoya's death was not just preventable, it was predictable, citing the police department's long history of racist policing. A city commission study conducted between 2013 and 2015 found that black drivers were likely to be stopped as their white counterparts, and a series of cases in recent years have stirred concern over how the department treats black and brown residents. In 2018, officers with guns drawn detained five black teenagers and preteens who were on their way home from playing basketball. Uh, videos obtained by the Grand Rapids Press, which is linked here, uh, showed one of the boys crying on the ground, hands over his head as another pleaded, can you please put the gun down? Uh, police said the boys' clothing matched the description of a group of teens who had been fighting at the basketball courts. A witness said one had a gun. But the officers ultimately determined that the detained youths, all between the ages of 12 and 14, were merely in the wrong place at the wrong time and turned them over to their distraught parents. Uh, one mother, Chandrika Moore, or Chandrika, sorry, I'm destroying names again, um, my contacts are blurry, so it's hard to see. Said, I'm sorry, I don't mean no disrespect, but you all have to understand that that's my baby. We don't deal with police. I don't have charges. We don't do this. All this stuff that goes on in this world, I worry about my kids every day. Um, later that year, an officer pointed a gun at an 11-year-old black girl, Honesty Hodges, and handcuffed her as she screamed in terror. The incident cast a harsh national spotlight on the agency and led to a new policy for interactions with youth. Nicknamed the Honesty Policy, it calls for officers to use the most reasonable and least restrictive methods available. Yet more incidents still follow. In 2018, a 12-year-old black girl was handcuffed at gunpoint. An officer shot at a 14-year-old black boy playing with a BB gun and the bullet hit a tree. A U.S. citizen and veteran, Jilmar Ramos Gomez, spent three days in a detention facility after an off-duty police captain reported him to immigration authorities. The Grand Rapids City Commission eventually paid $190,000 to settle the case. In 2019, videos emerged showing an officer punching a black man in the leg 30 times to get his compliance. The officer was later fired, and the city settled the lawsuit over the incident for $125,000. In the same month, an officer ordered two Latino teenagers to the ground at gunpoint after they refused to show their hands. And before I continue, I'd like to take a moment to point out that every time that there's a payout for one of these lawsuits, that's coming out of the taxpayers' money. That's not coming from the police unions. That's not coming from those officers specifically out of even, you know, like their retirement or anything like that. That is taxpayers' having to pay these lawsuits, that's another factor that needs to change too. Because maybe if the pigs who did the shit actually had to pay the fines for these lawsuits, that might make them think twice when it's hitting them in the pocket. Not to mention 
they belong in jail. Um, you know, we've got too many actual criminals with badges. It's fucked up. Uh, responding to the 2019 cases, the Michigan Department of Civil Rights opened a preliminary investigation into more than two dozen individual complaints against the Grand Rapids Police Department to investigate whether the agency, quote, had a pattern and practice of discrimination and disparate treatment. Yeah, it does. Uh, because of insufficient resources, though, the Civil Rights Department didn't even finish the investigation. In the wake of Leoya's killing, Michigan Department of Civil Rights spokeswoman Vicki Levengood said that the agency has been in discussions with the state attorney general's office about collaborating to finish it. There are lots of police departments that have issues around violent responses to nonviolent problems around the targeting of black and brown people. This is a community where those problems are very well documented and yet ignored, said Ackerman of ACLU. Uh frustrations boiled over in the summer of 2020 after Floyd's death at the hands of law enforcement uh, protests erupted in Grand Rapids. Peaceful daytime demonstrations turned destructive overnight, causing a reported $2 million in damages and leading to nearly two dozen arrests. Officials promised reforms. Washington, Grand Rapids' first black city manager, announced operational changes that included banning chokeholds and requiring officers to exhaust all alternatives and give verbal warnings before using deadly force. He noted that the city had created offices focused on equity and public oversight and launched an online dashboard showing citizens' complaints. And they laid out their new plan for law enforcement, which emphasized neighborhood-based policing, as in, like, the police working in that neighborhood are people who live in that neighborhood, not people who live in the outskirts somewhere else in suburbs. Um, public accountability uh, and the possibility of building a mental health team and community assistance team to help respond to some calls for service. In Grand Rapids, as elsewhere in the nation, some activists called for police department funding to be redirected to community programs. The city's charter charter excuse me, calls for 32% of general funding to go to the department and officials said cuts needed to be considered. City officials reallocated 400000 of the $55 million police budget to communication and oversight and made $1.1 in cuts earlier that year as the pandemic's economic effects shrank the overall city budget. That's not much. Altogether, that's only one and a half million out of 55 million that's that's not real defunding of the police and actually putting a significant amount of that funding into actual community programs it's nothing it's nothing that's pandering um Payne said that the department had little left to cut besides personnel which counted 297 sworn officers Okay, so cut personnel. <laughs> um, although the proposed plan would not defund the department, Payne said at the time it would fundamentally transform policing in Grand Rapids. I see no evidence of that. Uh, Clee Jackson, president of the Greater Grand Rapids branch of the NAACP, said he approached the earliest stages of the effort with optimism. Uh, quote, it would kind of defeat the purpose if you went in saying nothing is going to change, end quote. But... Jackson and other local activists said relations have remained strained with more community building and accountability needed. That feeling has grown more intense in the wake of Leoya's death. 
On the outskirts of a protest that formed downtown after police released the footage, Aria Blackford said that she hadn't been able to bring herself to watch. As chants boomed off nearby buildings, she said she was dismayed at the news of another police shooting. She said, in my mind, it's just something that, wow, it's happening again. This is something we've gone through multiple times in the past, something that has been addressed so many times and still something that so ignorantly happens. She's not wrong. Um, so like last week, there was a huge protest there, enormous one put together by the Royal Black Panther Party, the Second Rainbow Coalition, um, in the United Panther movement. So there was a lot of our allies who managed to make it there. So I just want to give them a shout out and say thank you for putting some boots to the ground because that's absolutely fucking needed. Um, and give me just a moment. I'm going to grab the stuff here and pop it into Teams so we can pull it up to show everybody. Uh, where this officer that killed Leoya was identified. Um, and then we should probably definitely wrap it up because we're over two hours. Yep. Uh, where the fuck did my gallery go? All right. Um, There is a post that I had with it. As soon as I find that. that was going to happen when she started cutting out like that. Sorry, I cut out for a moment. I was just saying, um, I'm going to grab those photos and I will just put them in the comments here on the video. So that way everybody can see it and share those for themselves. Um, if you're listening from podcast platforms later, you can find the video on our website for we are many.org. Um, on our Patreon at patreon.com slash for we are many or our YouTube channel or uh, Facebook page. Indeed. All right. Those will be up there in just a few minutes. I'm having to just go grab the post. Uh, gotcha. All right. Well, if you want to do the damn thing with the musics and stuff, thank you um, everyone for joining us. 
I was going to say before I start rolling today, I want to thank everybody for joining us. I've seen a couple new people in the comments tonight. That always makes me happy. Um, we will be back next Friday at the same time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that'll be the 29th of April. Um, yeah. You can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash for we are many. We're going to be having some uh, early release stuff um for our patrons as well as bringing back our movie watch parties getting our discord operating um and we'll be able to share stuff like this with you every day uh in discord and have these discussions whenever um yeah so um i think that's really all i got uh, we will be, as well as the rebrand launching May 1st, um, we are going to be trying to get a, a newsletter uh, going. So we will be collecting emails for that. Uh, I'm sure at that point we'll have links in our podcast episodes, video descriptions, etc., as well as on the landing page at forwearemany.org. Sorry. I think that's all I got, honestly. So I guess I can just uh, play the damn music, huh? Yes, indeed. All right, everyone. Here's our outdated social media slide. <laughs> right. right. We, well, anyone most coming out well, on May 2. <laughs> yeah, most of it's right, but we aren't doing much on TikTok or Instagram at the moment. Um, and our group is tech, uh, temporarily archived, so you won't be able to find that. But uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and for forwearemany.org. This is the Fwam Bam Abuse Mix. Oh, the devil.
the exit. Just everybody learn how to use.